Let's let's cool it with the porn talk, okay? I'm not. I'm down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> I'm kind of hole down her rabbit hole. <laughs> well, we're gonna divert your attention to something a little more wholesome. Kaiju transmissions, and we're back uh, after who knows when this is coming out. I am Bird, and with me is the uh, very sick Matt. Hey, everybody. I have the death plague, a.k.a. the flu. Well, why? I don't, I don't know, man. I've, I've been sick for like two days, and my body hurts, and it's just it's body aches and congestion and ugh. It's the worst. And he's been whining ever since. Yeah, incessantly on Facebook publicly because that's what men, that's what real men do. Is cry about being sick. That, that is correct. And with us, uh, we have uh, a couple extra voices you may have heard. Of. Uh, we have some guests. We have returning. Uh, we have both Eric. Hey. Yes. And we have Tom. Was really good with it. Uh, who, I guess, he has agreed to stop researching porn to talk about Gamera. Uh, at this point, we've gone through all the Godzilla movies and all the King Kong movies, so people are probably sitting at home. Uh, wh- where's, why isn't anyone talking about Gamera? Where's Gamera? What's going on with Gamera? How come no one cares about Gamera? These are questions that are regularly asked by... A lot of people. By me. Yes, by <laughs> you. Uh, and if you remember a long, long ago, we, we did an episode all about the Showa Gamera movies with Eric here, uh, which, what the hell was that? That was a fart noise. Why? Why you gotta do that, man? Showa Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, if you... Can gather. Uh, I don't think Tom is uh, very fond of those. Um, but I, I have good news. The Gamera series is the is the. It's like the only kaiju series that can make the claim that it both raised the standards and lowered them for everyone. <laughs> well, I have great news for you, Tom. We're, we're not talking about those. Uh, we are talking about the Heisei Gamera movies. Uh, Yeah, that trilogy uh, from the 90s, directed by uh, Kaneko. So, uh, the now Eric, you're you're the Gamera expert. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a a fan. I would not uh, 
claim I'm an expert. Oh well, you, well you've called this your, fi- your this trilogy your favorite movies ever. Yeah, and that's going to be really ironic when I start getting facts wrong about like character names and stuff here in a few minutes. Ah, that's fine. Matt can't I do that even, all the time. Matt can't yeah. even say people. He's an enthusiast. Like when you watch like those VH1 like uh, the best of the '90s, and they're like. This guy's like an enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Or like you watch like those like uh, shows about like how like different like products are made and they'll have like the ranch dressing expert. Like <laughs> <laughs> Tom is apparently our porn expert, so everyone's um, gotta find their niche. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh so um I guess we'll just we'll just Get right into 1995, um, which was, I guess, the second like Godzilla series. The Heisei series was kind of, uh, uh, well, by 95 it was kind of winding down, but the they they were mercifully <laughs> the to- Toa were were having a lot of success, particularly with Godzilla versus Mothra. That being uh, one of the highest grossing movies of of uh, 1992. Um, and for a long time, uh, Shusuke Kaneko, the director of these Gamera movies, uh, I mean, he grew up watching Godzilla, I love Godzilla, and he was pitching to Toho forever, you know, he, he campaigned to direct Godzilla versus Mothra in a bunch of those movies, and they kept turning him down, and then Daie, who, uh, you know, anytime Godzilla's popular, they usually kind of, kind of dust Gamera off and bring him back into the spotlight, which for some reason they're not doing right now. Um, is is someone typing? Like, what's happening? Can you hear I'm pretty sure that's Matt. No, it's not, it's not me. I'm it was mute. me, but like the weird thing is like my mic was on mute, so the fact that you could still hear it was... That's what happens to me when I keep answering <laughs> these phone calls. What are you typing? No, it's are not. You, are you Lies. typing on an old Both typewriter? Lie. It did sound like a typewriter. I just got this face to smack the keyboard. This expensive new Mac, and one of the side effects is that it has like the world's loudest keyboard. So, we're only five five minutes in, and and things are already going to hell. But anyway, so in the nineties. Die, hey Godzilla's big again, so they they decide to reboot Gamera and um, uh, Kaneko got the chance to do it. Which, from what I understand, at first he was like, "Well, if I do this, are are they ever gonna call me to make Godzilla?" Because I mean, if, if you if you know what what it's like between the Gamera and the Godzilla series, it's it's silly, um, the stuff with these two studios. But anyway. Um, he he, eventually, I guess his thinking was, if anyone is going to do it, you know, I, I if I can't make a Godzilla movie, I can, you know, do something like it by doing a Gamera movie. Because, uh, get this, guys, he <laughs> really didn't care about Gamera all that much. I think he said that he enjoys, I think Gamera versus Gauss, he said he thinks is like, okay. Other than that, he's not a fan. So yeah, he said as a kid, like you know, a lot of times people think that kids like don't really care about quality. And he said even as a kid, it, like 
the, the lack of quality in the, the Showa Gamera films bothered him. Smart kid. <laughs> and he's not wrong. You look at those movies, and I mean, all of us like at least one of those. I'm, I'm saying at least one, because I know Tom has to like at least one of them. Um, but yeah, they're poorly choreographed. Uh, you know, they, they don't have like the the polish or the like uh, competence of like the Toho movies. Um, but anyway, uh, so, so, I mean, what he ended up doing was, he, I, it, it seems like he was just like, hey, Gamera, like, what if someone made, re, like, made Gamera movies, but they made, like, real movies, not, like, well, whatever those, those old movies were. So, um, debatably, I mean, I, I, I really don't think it's that debatable but there there are three of if not the three best kaiju movies since the 90s that's kind of like the common uh the commonly held opinion um but yeah i mean did you say that they're the three best 90s movies since the 90s basically kaiju movies since the 90s yeah but they're no that's not no i the, the prevailing opinion is that they are three of the best kaiju movies ever, period. There we go. Oh, okay. I well, would say okay, that's sure. the prevailing opinion. I mean... I would agree with not that. Not like, like since Godzilla's 90s movies or anything, because that was only a couple month gap. No, they're, the prevailing opinion is that they are three of the best, if not the best, kaiju movies ever. They're not, I, that's I, the prevailing I, opinion. We, we can debate the the veracity of that, but... Right, right. Um, but it, no, I mean, he took it seriously, and uh, he took something silly and really grounded it. Um, and he kind of, like, really dug into the mythology in ways that the, the old movies never did. Um, so the first movie was... Um, oh, and oh, that's where I was going with that. That disproves this idea that you have to be a fan or a hardcore fan of something to make it good. Because this, he literally reinvented a franchise, and many people would say perfected a genre. And it was it was from a series that he did, he couldn't give he didn't give a shit about. So you know you see all these people like oh so and so isn't a real Godzilla fan. They don't have any business making a Godzilla movie or. You know, this guy should get the job because he's a fan. It's like, well, here you have someone who's not a fan making the best entries in the series let alone some of the best in the genre then you have like say like you look at like peter jackson made a king kong movie and he's like the biggest king kong fan in the world and it was extremely mixed so how much does that suck i was just thinking that same example like for the rest of his <laughs> life when people were like yeah man sometimes being a fan doesn't work out like he automatically gets associated with that like he really I, yeah i do feel like that's a bit like a uh one of like the go-to <laughs> like things people use as, as an example, but I mean, I'm trying to watch all the Kong movies. I I literally cannot bring myself to watch that movie. Like I just, well, the fact that it's like four hours long, it's not that bad. Yeah. I might give it a watch just because I literally can't remember the last time I did. Um, but man, I think I've watched it three times total in its entirety. Maybe. Well, I just rewatched it for the podcast and it held up a lot better than I thought it would. I mean, it's still, the problems it has are still there, but 
Um, but regardless, this whole notion that you have to be this diehard mega fan of something to to make a an entry in a series is is silly. And you know, I think as long as you have a base understanding of what what it what this what whatever series you're doing is trying to accomplish, what it's trying to say, and you really as long as you understand it and it clicks with you on some level, I think you can you can turn out a good movie. Um, so, uh, and kaiju fans, I mean, are so possessive. It's always, you know, I, it, anyone who isn't like the most diehard, diehard fan, they don't want anywhere near their, their franchise. But, you know, it worked for Gamera, and, you know, it's worked mm. for a lot of other things. So Worked for June Fukuda. Yeah, oh yeah, that guy... <laughs> He hates everything he ever made. He hated the movies he made. Yeah. yeah. His interview was the best. <laughs> yeah, his, his whole attitude was Godzilla should have been the, a movie in 1954, and that's it. It should have been one and done. And he he made some of the best ones. I think it, I think a lot of people would agree with that. But um, So Gamera Guardian of the Universe, um, I mean, I remember when it came out. And, you know, I was... I was uh, in elementary school still, but I, I'd been keen to the Heisei Godzilla movies and, you know, trying to find the bootlegs every year of whatever. When I heard they they were bringing uh, Gamera back, I was like, you know, I'm, I mean, I just knew Gamera was like that goofy thing from Mystery Science Theater, and, you know, every now and then sci-fi would play like an all-day marathon, so... uh uh, when I when it came out and everyone was like, "Oh, it's so good! It's so good! It's so good!" I for a long time I was pretty hesitant to. I was like, "Really? Like I, I'm not seeing it." And I I first saw it at G Fest, then called G Con in '96, which was like the first like one that was available made like all day for the public, um, and I thought it was awesome. Uh, so. I've talked a lot, so one of you guys want to ta- briefly tackle a plot synopsis of Gamera, Guardian of the Universe? Don't all I'm jump all in at once. Gamera's in it, and stuff <laughs> happens? No. Um, let's see if I can remember, and you guys can probably fill in if uh, if I get it wrong. Um, so the movie starts off with some... like a, a Just the kind of the framing device for the action to start is like this ship that's carrying like some nuclear material or something and all of a sudden like uh, a floating atoll or island comes like at them and they're like ah this sucks um and so that's just kind of the 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 plot device for getting this introducing this uh floating island in the middle of the ocean uh that shouldn't otherwise be there and adding some drama to it at the same time um some village in I don't know where. Do they say where? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Some village, some small little village is being terrorized by giant birds. Um, at least that's what they claim. So they go to find a uh, ornithologist and she's like, birds couldn't do this. Only people could. Except for those giant bird droppings over there. <laughs> uh, and um, so she starts investigating that aspect of it. Meanwhile... There's a team investigating the uh, the floating atoll, and um, there's like some weird inscriptions on it. I I believe something is inscribed on it that says like Gamera, the best hope, or Gamera something or other is like inscribed on this atoll. Um, there's all these like little commas all over it, 
that um, the one member of the team steals and gives to this uh, underage girl that he really likes. Um, and so she kind of hangs on to this. She makes it into a necklace. Uh, the, the Meanwhile, the birds are still eating people, and it turns out that the birds are this monster called Gauss or Gaios or Gauss. Gauss? Come on, man. Gauss. Uh, and if you remember the Showa camera movies, Gauss is, is in a couple of those. Two of them? Uh, he's yeah, in, he's the main enemy in, obviously, Gamera versus Gauss, and then dis- and then appears in... Uh, you know, if you're talking um, original footage, yeah, he's in two. If you're talking stock footage, he's, like, in all of them. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so they, they bring this vi- this villain back, but uh, its first appearance, it's, like, not much bigger or about the same size as, like, a helicopter. Um, so they try to catch these birds. They lure them into a baseball stadium. Um, cause J- Japan has like this weird obsession with baseball. Uh, that's no lie, man. When I live there, like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's the biggest over there after the U S Japan's like the biggest baseball country. Yeah. So they, so they lure the gauss in, into these, uh, into this baseball stadium and they, uh, they try to catch them. Um, the, uh, the atoll like shakes to pieces, but Oh, the pieces were just this, dirt or something on top of camera so it's this giant turtle comes comes invading and they start fighting um and then they fly away and then they fight some more throughout the course of the movie one of the gauss turns giant and uh the reason i brought up those commas earlier is that the the girl uh what's the girl's name asagi asagi uh it, it acts as some sort of a conduit or something where she is now connected psychically to Gamera and she kind of shares in his pain and he kind of feeds off of her emotions and her, her spirit and stuff in order to fight. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the basic nuts and bolts of the story. There's also some stuff going on with the, with Japan and their inability to, to fight back um, because of the self-defense force and article nine and all that well, stuff. Let's and, talk about that. Uh... And there's, there's also some stuff going on with like, there's a little bit of lip service given to whether or not Gamera is the bad guy. Um, that that doesn't last too long, but uh, it is given some decent play, and that, I th- I feel like that's a little bit of a nod at least to his origins. So that's all the stuff that's happening in the movie. Well, um, yeah, I, I like that this movie addresses Article Nine without being a goddamn jackass about it, like <laughs> like Shin Godzilla, where. <laughs> they made this whole movie pretty much about that. And in this, you know, they, they handle it just in kind of background dialogue and news reports and, and things like that so much that, you know, it's something I never even like thought about or noticed really, even until I watched it recently because, you know, it's just mentioned in passing and it's, I mean, if you're going to handle it, do it like that because you want to, you have a, and you know, do it at the service of the story. You know, this movie has a story, unlike Shin Godzilla. Um, but anyway, uh, enough about that. Um, yeah, let's not talk about bad movies. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I, I I do like the I don't I mean sort of new origin that Gamera is a man-made creature. Um, made yeah, by I mean, is that delved into in this one much? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, kinda. It's about as much as it 
Should be. I, think. I mean, I it feel might... like it's explained more in this one than it is in any of the other ones, because this is oh. the one where they actually sit down and they like decipher the uh, there's like a um, like a like a, a, a message like carved in in Gamera, like on this like uh, big rock and yeah. they decipher that. And that basically tells them that the Gauss were made to um, what is it like keep like, the, the population under control or something? Basically, yeah, that kind of factors into part three, but, like, yeah, they were meant to act as, like, a, a check balance, kind of, on people acting like fools and polluting and stuff, and but they went too far, and so then they created a gamma to kind of act as a check against that, but wasn't enough, yeah. I guess, well, just, so. And we'll just release a bunch of snakes to eat all the rats, <laughs> and then a bunch of tigers to eat all the snakes. In, in the original, I like it because in the original Gamera movie from the 60s, that's the only other movie where they mention Atlantis, and they just mention that there were giant fire-eating turtles in Atlantis. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's like Kaneko was kind of like, I feel like he was looking at, you know, that movie and thinking like, okay, how can I like explain this and being like, oh, there's this like throw throwaway line about Atlantis. Well, I'll just run with it. Yeah, um, like um, one, I, I'm glad they did that because there's no way something like this, like, develops naturally. Yeah, <laughs> and then two, there's just there is like a lot of you know he's not a fan. Kaneko is not a fan of the show of Gamera films really, but there is a lot of like this film is kind of maybe a quasi remake of Gamma versus Gallus in some aspects It like, it has some of the same scenes. It has, um, uh, uh, a cameo of, um, like on his name, um, Kajura Hongo, like the, one of the stars of the original Gamma movies. Like, I know uh, Akira Kubo is in here. And, and yeah, Akira Kubo is in it too. So like it does, I think sort of fan service for the, the old stuff without ever being too flashy about it but um yeah this is actually probably my favorite movie of all time so <laughs> i i'll just like i just kind of want to say like the the first time i saw this movie i like i think it, what's weird about this movie is cuz cuz i don't know if anyone else has this experience or might end up experiencing this if they're you know going to listen to this and then and then watch these movies or going to watch these movies and then listen to this right after is you know you hear about how great they are right and and i still think they're great and i i mean i i really love this first one but this first one actually had to grow on me a little bit and it, to its credit it, it was able to do that actually throughout the course of the movie um it's you know i it's still got its feet planted fairly firmly or maybe against its will in some of the campier portions of Gamera and um don't get me wrong the effects are good especially when you consider like 1995 effects and where Godzilla was in 1995 but the the eyes on the gauss when they first appear are are really awkward to me yeah. um those white eyes with the black pupils i was like oh god this is this look looks it looks bad to me quite frankly i think Shinji um, Yaguchi did that because he considered he kind of like modeled it after human eyes he then again did in Shin Godzilla because he considers them like the most terrifying eyes in the animal kingdom. And they he, look he makes goofy. them googly in both situations. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know um, what that's about. So, 
So yeah, some of the earliest effects shots in this movie, I'm like, oh, why do people love this so much? Throughout the course of the movie, it really did start to grow on me a lot. And, you know, by the end, I was like, oh, that was really good. And, you know, just after, I don't know, a couple of years or whatever, it's really grown on me. And it, it is like, it's one of my favorite kaiju movies. It's, it's one of my favorite camera. It's not my favorite. Um, but it, it, I think, more than any other movie in in the entire Gamera series manages to, to strike the balance between um, what Gamera was uh, in terms of being very kid friendly and very campy uh, and what Gamera could be in terms of being like a real movie. I got two points. First, totally agree. Um, first time I saw it was like when I was in high school and probably maybe 10 years after the fact that I was in the theaters and, um, I was, I, I had the same, like, this is what everyone's talking about. Like, it wasn't anything special. Um, but my appreciation for it grew out of becoming a fan of the Showa stuff and seeing kind of how it managed to update that without kind of losing what it wanted to do. And it's, that's why it's my favorite in some ways of the bunch is because it, it's got one foot in what Gamera has been, like you said, and then kind of also... Uh, treading new ground so i think it does that the best of the three if that makes sense when i um, when i rewatched it uh it's probably like a month or maybe two months ago um but uh i i was really impressed with just like the whole time i was thinking like this is how you set up and pace a kaiju movie like i felt like it, it it was like a master class in you know how just how how he how Kaneko unfolds the story how he builds the mystique around these creatures and how he pays it off and how uh, I mean everything with just how how careful he is in the way that he introduces each character you know before before the the crazy sci-fi stuff comes in and it's like have you guys heard about the backstory about how they did the script at all. They they modeled it after uh, um, a Godzilla film. I think it was King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting to learn. Like, that's my favorite Godzilla film. So the fact that my favorite Gamera film was modeled after that. Um, and but they originally I, wanted to do it after War of the Gargantulas because they, in Kaneko's mind, like um, that film has more of a, a better sort of these two forces are tied together, and you're kind of seeing them kind of come together. Whereas King Kong versus Godzilla, it's just about two separate entities that kind of just happenstance to, to come and clash. And Kaneko wanted to, to tie Gamera and Gauss more together, I guess, and, and make it part of the narrative. I think he did that, but apparently he wanted to go even further with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, people might be thinking, oh, it's so different than King Kong versus Godzilla. King Kong versus Godzilla is a comedy. And, but I, I, I totally get, get the way that it unfolds, especially like, you know, they go to this exotic locale and, um, you know, in the, in the way that uh, the story unfolds with the characters doing, um, like, when, when basically when they say, like, the only way that you're going to get rid of this problem is to have the two monsters fight. Like... Uh, it, it feels very Ashiro Honda in its setup. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can de- I'm definitely not surprised to learn that that's not intentional. 
but yeah, just the way it's paced, the way the story unfolds is like it's it's classic kaiju filmmaking, and I think Kaneko handles it in a way that uh, I really think all these movies are a lot more thoughtful than um, a lot of the uh, movies from the '90s up up until now are. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up uh, because I think like. I wanted to figure out a way to, to bring this up, but this is a, like the thoughtful is a, this is a perfect segue into a tiny little detail that I noticed when I was watching it, that it, it just struck me, um, especially compared to the Godzilla films of the time. If you watch any of the nineties Godzilla films, there's, there's almost always a moment where Godzilla roars, like while he's staring directly at the camera and you see the back of his Muppet mouth, and it, it really breaks the illusion, you know, you're like, it, it's, it's really like, it's a, it's a poor choice, um, to show those limitations, like so blatantly, um, in this movie, there's a moment where Gamera roars and the camera is more or less looking down his mouth and they've figured out a way to like cut a hole in the back of the mouth and make it look like that goes down to a throat. And it's like a little, little detail, but it's one of those things of like, it just goes to show how much thought and care was put into crafting the movie and making it as good as possible on a similar or smaller budget than, than Godzilla was working with. It's not like Toho couldn't do this. They just didn't care to. Um, and, and that that's, it's a little thing, but it, it plays into that care and that thoughtfulness in making the movie. Yeah, I I agree. Pay attention it, to it if you haven't. If you haven't. Yeah, it, it it's just they really like, and I mean, even from like a script level, like things happen, and they happen for a reason. You know, it's it's just I don't know. I it's it's a level of thoughtfulness that really doesn't happen in a lot of these movies, where everything just kind of happens out of convenience. Um, I think it's like the the best example of a modern like if you wanted to show someone like a like a, a masterclass example of what a kaiju film is, I think you show them this um, just because it has I think all of the, those classic elements and that that classic structure. Um, the the next film is debatably like better or more more action packed and, and better with effects and stuff like that, but. I think this is kind of just the kaiju film just boiled down to its like most basic, simplest form. Um, well, we, we talked about, uh, how much, I mean, Kaneko's, I guess, thoughtfulness to use, not to run that word into the ground is kind of what made this movie feel like a breath of fresh air, uh, when it came out. Um, but uh, we we definitely need to talk about um, the effects work by Shinji Higuchi, who uh, I think most of his his movie in media history was as an animator. Um, but as the director of special effects on this movie, um, I mean, I, I think the effects get better with each of these Gamera movies. But even this one, I think the effects are pretty astounding especially like the miniatures at, at the end when they're fighting in like that oil refinery um 
I, I agree with Tom. The Gauss, uh, the little Gauss's eyes aren't aren't the best, but uh, 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 Gamera himself, I think, looks really good. And I, I think they tweaked the design to make it a little bit more, uh, I guess, real in in the next yeah, movie. But um, it's debatably my favorite Gamera design, just because it's so close to the Showa. In, in some ways, it's really not, but I mean, they're totally different color. The shells real different. Face is pretty different too, the body structure. But for some reason, when you see it, you're like, "That's that's the show again." We're just updated. I don't know how they're able to do that, but um, I just it's it's pretty much like the quintessential Gamera design in my head. Yeah, um, and and like there's just so many gorgeous uh, effects shots. Like there's the shot of the the Gauss uh, like nesting. As the sun's going down, I mean, it's pretty much at least if you're a kaiju fan, that's like an iconic shot. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know, not not enough can be said about Higuchi's effects. I think that, uh, I mean, I, I think that as far as living uh, tokusatsu effects people go, he's the best. I, I I think over the years his reliance and his love of CGI has kind of um imposed on, on a lot of things that would look, in my opinion, maybe better otherwise. But um I feel like though doesn't he want to to still do that that marriage of CGI oh, yeah, no, with practical no, he, bits he, being he, foisted upon him? Yeah, no, of? he he loves CG. Uh, and, and like his his ideal method is combining them both, which works, yeah. but only if you have the money to make a Japanese effect look like an American effect, which unfortunately they don't have the CG budget to compete. So that's why so often you get like uh, you look at like his sinking of Japan or something where you have these beautiful, amazing miniatures uh, just covered in CGI crap. And, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but no, that's very much his thing, and he he's kind of he really wants to kind of make that like his trademark, you know. Like he he's like you know he he said like you know if you watch a Subaraya movie, you know their Subaraya effects. He wants people to feel the same way. But I think that uh, CG, I mean here I think CG's gotten a lot better, but I I think in Japan it's got a long ways to go before it's good enough to be used as much as he and it ends up liking to use it. And stuff like Shin Godzilla and, and Sinking of Japan and, and Attack on Titan and stuff. Uh, his practical work is still astounding, but um, I mean, you know, I mean, and I'm not trying to knock him down a peg or anything. I do think that he's uh, a wizard, um, and uh, you know, I just I just wish he leaned a little more practical still. But his work in this movie is fantastic, and. Um, I even like like the scenes where they're flying through the clouds. Like those are miniature clouds, and it's all very uh, like I, I don't know if any other kaiju movies done that have little miniature yeah. clouds. That scene used to, like the first time I saw the movie. Um, that scene bothered me. I was like that doesn't look realistic at all. Then uh, the next few times I saw it, I'm like, well, I kind of had that Tsuburaya quote about the horse and um, Frankenstein conquers the world, where it's like you know, why does it have to look realistic? And it it looks amazing and kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, I'd rather, I take that and that's sort of the beauty of that scene over realism any day. Um, yeah. Uh, getting back to Kaneko, another thing I think, um, 
and this goes through all his kaiju movies, uh, is that he really kind of, um, he's been quoted as saying, you know, he likes to make them more mystical and mythic because, um, you know, the older monsters being explained by science, he said, you know, because science has, has advanced so much, you know, you're asking for the audience to suspend their disbelief more, which is why he like he he considers his kaiju movies fantasy movies that are set in the the world of a science fiction movie, if that makes sense, in the environment of a science fiction movie, uh, which is another trait that these have that made them feel so much different from you know the Godzilla movies that were coming out at the time. Which I I again I, I love that because you're totally right, you know. And if you try to explain it with science, it's just going to seem half-assed and and, and bullshitty. So yeah, I think um, in the in the in the later Heisei uh, series, I think that's kind of the over-explaining of some of the science stuff is kind of what made it made things a little bit too much at times. <laughs> we'll get to that, but uh, the human cast. Before we move on, um, I think one of the reasons this is my favorite um, is the human cast is. Um, they're pretty stereotypical, but they all do what they need to do. And there's some exceptions. Like I love the inspector character. Like he's, he's my favorite. I think some people don't like him, but I, I don't understand that. Like for me personally, like he makes the trilogy kind of, um, no, Trev like hates him. Yeah. Trev why, hates why? him. Yeah. <laughs> he said that, uh, well, I don't know if any of you guys watched it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I actually don't, but I know the reference. Trev said that he's like uh, the the rickety cricket of kaiju movies. <laughs> just that, like, this series just hates that character. <laughs> Each movie, his life is just so much, like, worse <laughs> than the one before it. Matt, what are your thoughts? You've been kind of quiet. Is Matt alive? I, yeah. I'm alive. I've been trying not to die as you guys were talking. Not because your talking is bad, but because my uh, my throat is, like, on fire at the moment. Like gamma. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I really like this movie. I think it's the second best entry in the in the trilogy. Um, love the characters. They're they as Eric said. They they kind of all do what they need to do. But I also really like how um, Kaneko sort of reinvented the character, but he also tied everything back to the original series. Like you have, he he ties Gamera to um, Asagi, but it doesn't have to be like a child all the time. And we get we get some of that more later in Gamera Three, where he like saves a kid and stuff like that. But um, also, there's like a trope in every one of these movies where Gamera um, loses a battle initially. Essentially, like he in, in the first film, he gets you know he fights Gauss and the military at once. He loses, and that's kind of a trope throughout the original series, where like Gamera always loses his first fight and then finds a way to win in the end, which is what he does in the second film. And then I would argue in the third film when he gets like impaled by Iris. Um, it's the same kind of thing there. So I like how... By Iris? Uh, yeah. So, so, just, just let it go. <laughs> well, it's not Iris. Yes, it is. It is Iris. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's not how they say it. Yes, it is. That's not how the Japanese say it, but... Iris. Iris. Well, in, 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 yeah, the, in the Japanese pronunciation is Irisu. Well, not Irisu. Whatever. Anyway, my, my right? point is... Uh, Kaneko ties... Say. We're not... <laughs> We're America. <laughs> We're America. America. Make Gamera um, great again. MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Maguga. 
I can't. I can't even. I can't even talk anymore. Make that's a wonderful point, dude. Like, um, make yeah, man great like, again. All three films they kind of have that show a structure where he loses at first and comes back. And um, God, you had another point that I wanted to. Well, he, he just. I, I like the fact that that Kaneko reinvented Gamera without having to make it about the children so much. Oh, but that's had, what it was. Like, not. It doesn't. You know, Asagi's obviously. What is she like a teenager in this film? But and then later on, you see Gamera saving kids, but it's not in the same ridiculous ways that he does in the original series for sure like i watched um was pete's dragon like the live action one that came out last year and (laughs) that movie is kind of the opposite like i got well reviewed and it it is a well-made film but like they make pete that there was the dragon whatever um like so just goofy and sweet yeah, and it's just like one thing I always appreciate, especially about the Heisei Gamer films, is they're not afraid to say, like to say, okay, he's the friend of all ch- children or, or guardian of the universe, but it doesn't mean he's gonna like he's he's still an animal, he's still like a force of nature, and there's still that sort of uneasiness about being around him, and that's uh, something that's kind of more of an Eastern thing, I think, with with monsters and stuff like that that i just i I really dig one thing i'll say against the movie if i'm you know just i I do want to be fair and i I mean i did already mention a couple things but another kind of slight against it is unless you know the gamera character previously the the end of the movie (laughs) would be very confusing Um, now anyone who's familiar with Gamera is like, oh, he just ate the fire. Um, but if you don't know that about Gamera, that Gamera can do that, um, it's not established anywhere in this movie. It's not explained by anyone in this movie. Um, as a movie unto itself on its own, it's a weak storytelling point that, you know, he gets engulfed in flames and then all of a sudden the flames just go into him and he's fine. Uh, you know, like I said, if, if, if you're a Gamera fan, you know that Gamera can eat fire. So that's just what he does. And it like actually makes him stronger. Um, but, you know, here you've got a movie where you've got the perfect storytelling device for something like that in that a character is directly linked with Gamera. And it's not taken advantage of to explain the most confusing thing that happens in the movie. That's a solid point. That's, that's, I mean, that's just a, uh, a reason why it's not my favorite, I guess. So, uh, I feel like Asagi is almost a clear, almost mirror of Miki in the Godzilla movies, which, which one do you guys prefer? Soggy and it's not soggy uh, all the not way. even close. Unfortunately, after, that. <laughs> I was gonna say after after Beyonce, like, what does Mickey really do for most of the Heisei films? Not not much. Cries. And that's, I that, don't know. <laughs> yeah. Soggy's got that um, Steven Seagal blood under, so I mean, automatically. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you think Steven Seagal watched these? What do you think his favorite Gamera movie is? <laughs> I think three because he's got like that sort of. Yeah, have you guys ever watched that video where like he's taking on that like the russian dojo or whatever and like he's just throwing guys <laughs> that video is awesome <laughs> i feel like that kind of matches gamer's personality in camera three so i'm gonna go with that one 
Um, all right. I mean, I, I feel like we've we've. I mean, I I don't really have anything really that bad to say about the movie. I mean, I I think it's paced fantastically. The characters are are a lot of fun, and uh, the effects work is is great. And I I you know I remember what a shock this was when it came out that Gamera had more or less beat Toho at their own game, uh, and you know it it reinvented the character and it, it made people think of Gamera as something other than those silly movies from Mystery Science Theater. Uh, I mean, it was it was well re- it was so well received that it ended up getting a, a limited theatrical run here in the states. Uh, I mean, Roger Ebert, who is notoriously fickle when it comes to kaiju movies really like gave it a good review which gave it a lot of publicity um uh and uh i think it was i don't i don't know if maybe it was close around the time of the second one but there was a dark horse gamera comic book here in the states so um i mean it's a movie that really kind of uh took something that people might have been familiar with and said like okay if we sit down and break it apart and put it back together in a way that makes it seem like we are actually taking this seriously, we can make it work. Um, and I mean, Gamera is one of the most out there concepts in the whole genre. And for someone to basically pull a Christopher Nolan and bring it down to earth and try to ground it in something, uh, I mean, like that sounds like a Herculean feat. Uh, and Kaneko did it. So um, how many uh, busted comma shaped beads do you give this one out of five um i'm gonna go four and a half okay yeah i give it four and a half comma beads out of five (laughs) four and a half anal comma beads oh come on man (laughs) (laughs) i'd give it four and a half too like objectively it's four and a half like um it's a five for me, but yeah, just say five then, man. I mean, these are your rankings. This isn't, you know, you know, this is how you feel about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to, uh, join most of the group and, and go four and a half. Uh, our, like there's a movie in this series that I think does everything kind of better and we'll actually, uh, (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll actually get, get to that right now. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, this is what, 97? Which is Gamera... 96. 96. Okay, so the next year, uh, which is Gamera 2, Attack of Legion, uh, which had Kaneko back in the director's chair, and uh, also I do uh, the screenwriter, um, Kazunori Ito... Uh, who had written um, the original Ghost in the Shell? He he wrote co-wrote all three of these. Um, but Gamera Two um, brings a Dude, new. You just taught me something. I didn't know that. You're the one that's supposed to know this stuff. I know, man. That's why I said. <laughs> that's why I walked away from that expert title. I was quick to like. No, I don't want. This. Um. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, uh, this one is um giving us a new monster with a whole new uh, set of rules, basically, because uh, it's an alien invasion of sorts where um, uh, it these little bugs 
uh, called Legion Bugs. Uh, do they call them bugs? No. Okay. It's a birdism. Um, swarm. I believe they use the word swarm. Okay, a swarm uh, of them come down in a, a, a meteor, and it turns out that their their job is to kind of spread the seed of this giant plant thing that that is it's pretty much the plant from Ultra Q. If anyone out there has watched Ultra Q, and it just colonizes planet after planet after planet. Um, and Gamera doesn't take too kindly to that, and um, so I mean he he gets stuck fighting not only the little things, but he's also uh, has to try and take down the big Legion flower, and he fights the big um, what do they call it? It's not the queen, the big one, the it's giant queen. one. Oh, is it okay? Queen Legion, okay, yeah. or Mother Legion? Yeah, yeah, the which is like the gigantic kaiju-sized. Um, uh, Legion, which is one of the most unique designs, <laughs> I think, for any any kaiju, because it, it it doesn't really look like your typical like giant bug monster. It li- it really does look like something completely alien. Um, Let me just say real quick, like if alien life exists, I really feel like this film does the best, you know, at capturing what that would look like, maybe. Between that and maybe the aliens, the actual aliens uh, franchise, like these are totally just foreign concepts, and they're just totally like I like the fact that their life cycle isn't really dependent on people. Like so often, you have like aliens that have to eat people or have to do something. Like they they don't really care about people. People are just like in the way. Yeah, um, and they feed off of like uh, what is it like? Um, silicone, silicone and yeah and um they're, they're just assholes really um <laughs> yeah they spill all that beer <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah it, no the 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 legion creatures themselves are so interesting like if you are gonna explain a monster with a lot of science and biology and stuff do it like something like this, where it's something completely like weird. Like I, one of my favorite scenes scenes in this is the part where they're they're trying to do like an autopsy on one of these big bugs, and the, the second they cut into it, it's just a bunch of like air comes out of it, pretty much. And it, it turns out that they just like uh, they don't have like like blood and organs and like they're, they're nothing like anything that would live on Earth. None of it is like anything that would live on Earth. I mean, and that's that is what's so great about it. It is it's I, not only is it not like anything that would live on Earth because you know there's a there's a a fair amount of kaiju throughout the history of kaiju leading up to this point that don't look like anything that would live on Earth. Um, you know, Ghidra and Gigan and. Um, some of the sh- some of the Showa Gamera foes and things like that, like uh, they don't they don't look like anything that lives on Earth. Um, but boy, Legion has she has a look to her that uh, I think, in terms of like complexity and interestingness and breaking the mold of what you think of when you think of a man in suit kaiju, like. The the only other ones that are, I think are comparable at all are 
like Gidra and uh, Bailanti. Uh, and I mean, yeah, is part of that because they don't have really visible arms? Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. But it's just it's not anatomical to a human body at all. Like I watched this movie and I I still don't exactly understand where the guy in the suit is <laughs> well yeah, i've got the the bible uh they have like a really comprehensive making of book um and i have a diagram that actually shows it and i still can't well eric like, I, I i know i know the exact diagram you're talking about but like explain it to people how how did legion how did they bring like legion to life one guy facing forwards and then another guy like behind him facing backwards like on his butt if, if i'm if i'm remembering this correctly is, does that sound right yeah, it, it, it like well, th- there was a guy like in the front, and then there was another guy basically playing the back half, who was kind of like yeah. backwards and like I don't know, it it, it it's really uncomfortable looking. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to like Google image search it right now. I can't find it at all. Um, you guys, um, Kaneko had a really unusual reference in how he wanted the fight scene to play out. I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but he actually, uh, in Gamera facing the Mother Legion, he wanted to reference the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons when Superman was like um, trying to stop a locomotive, and sort of that like that scale and that sort of power, um, where like back in, in those days, Superman wasn't like he couldn't pick up a Earth or anything like he's a little more grounded, and so like he actually had to struggle to stop a train. He wanted that, that sort of sense of tension to be on display so <laughs> it's kind of cool as a superman fan as well like that's yeah. a cool reference um one, one other thing that one thing that this movie does um that uh i think kaneko i think i remember reading or hearing about it somewhere tried to do in in every one of these movies he tried to like up his game in terms of how gamera lands um, yeah. He said it was always one thing that, like, really, really he hated about the Showa movies was, like, the the budgets were so poor and the he effects just crashes work into was the so, ground was so bad that, that he would just crash and they'd cut away and then he'd be standing there. And, and Kaneko was like, I hated that. I always thought it was a cheat. I wanted to do it different and show it better. And I think this movie might have the coolest camera landing of any of them where he when he first starts the the final fight with the queen legion and he lands and he's like doing that sliding thing and as he's doing that sliding thing he's blasting his fireballs at it it's like such a cool idea and and such a like such a fun concept and it totally works the first time i saw that scene i felt like jeff goldblum in jurassic park when he's like he did it. He son, the sons of bitches did it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know how so... they brought that scene to life? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. Um, no I think I I've seen it, but go ahead and... Yeah, they, they, they actually had the miniatures on like uh, some sort of track or rail, so basically when Gamera lands, they just they move the actual miniature so it looks like Gamera's moving. That's right. Oh, that's which cool. Is, which, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, this, this movie's effects work is like really good and it's yeah incredible um there's also, like there's like um, literally only one shot in the entire movie that doesn't hold up oh, and yeah, it's when it's yeah. when uh all the little bug the swarm swarms over gamera yeah yep. yeah the, there's some 
The, it, it's I mean, it's it's it's, 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 it's 90s. It's forgivable because, I mean, in 1996, there were still big budget American movies that had CG that looked that bad. So yeah. uh, it's totally forgivable. Yeah, and for anytime a, a movie, movie is kind of using that early CG, I mean, we even see it in movies like uh, in the early 2000s where, you know, they were still getting the hang of it, like the first Spider-Man and stuff like that, where it's like, okay, the, there's clearly a lot of work left to be done. You know, it's, this is something that's almost in its infancy. But yeah, it, yeah, it's really just that moment. And it's, I mean, especially like on Blu-ray, it looks even worse. <laughs> yeah, but on the flip side of that, they've got a really good morphing effect for his like flipper wings, which is the first time we see those because they based this, the trilogy's version of Gamera off of a sea turtle. Um, so that's one thing they wanted to do in the original uh, Guardian, Guardian of the Universe that they couldn't do because Daya wouldn't let him. Um, but they gave him like little flipper sea turtle wings when he flies. For my money, this is the best Gamera suit too. Uh, yeah, personally. This, this is my favorite Gamera yes. also. Um, um, it's got that Goldilocks just right thing going for it where it's not too dark and it's not too light, but I prefer the one from the first film and the next one. So this is my least favorite. I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, um, well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't get that on the on the next one because I kind of hate the next one. But we'll get, <laughs> there, we'll get there. Um. Uh, no, it, I. It, to me, it's got. It's like you said. It's it's just right. Like it's it's got everything. Like it's got that perfect balance of everything. Um, yeah. The darkness and and still hewing very close and true to camera. Um. Yeah, it's this this movie too is just it's like perfectly paced. It's like just it's amazing. This is like one of my top two or three kaiju movies of all time. Um, and you know, like you talk about things that don't hold up. Like you talk about some of the things that don't hold up or don't work in this movie, and they're like they're instants. Like there's that instant of the swarm covering camera. There's the uh, the one like 10 second sequence where the people get rescued from the subway. What the fuck is up and, with that, man? And for some reason it, it switches <laughs> into being like a still picture montage. Yeah. It's so yeah. bad. It takes me out of it every time. I feel like, like that, I, I feel like that was something that I feel like that's kind of like an effect that was used a lot in like the eighties and maybe some in the early nineties. I it feel, it feels even dated for 96 though. It does, man. It really does not fit with the movie that's why it's like it's such an artfully made film and you get to that point you're like what did they just run out of film and just had to like cobble together some stills they took that day or i don't i don't know what's going on with it but yeah that's that's a bad moment but it's it's like there there's a moment there's a moment and like i don't know what else uh pretty much the point about the pacing though dude like i was just looking it up because this film feels like the shortest but it's actually longer than guardian of the universe but the pacing is so streamlined um, and that's my one of my criticisms about it is that it's so streamlined that I feel like it probably has the weakest character work for the the people out of the three. I can actually but, see that. Um, I I mean, this I mean this this is my favorite of the three. It's my favorite Gamera movie. It's one of my favorite Kaiju movies. But I would say if the if it does have uh, if the other movies have the upper hand on it anywhere, it might be in the character stuff. I mean, the characters are good. I like the characters. Like, um, well, they're great. Yeah, but Wadarase is is great. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I I, fe- I just feel like the other ones might have had a a little bit more. Um, I I think the characters probably have they I go through more. This movie really delves into the character of Gamera. That's um, true. That's it really point. you know it, more than any of the other ones. It it paints him as a complete underdog in this fight. I mean, he is outsized, outgunned, outnumbered, outclassed in like every possible way uh, by Legion. I mean, it's it's, when you see them standing next to each other, it's damn near comical um, how much bigger Legion is than Gamera. It's it's almost as comical as Godzilla and the new Kong. Um, (laughs) And, and it works though. And it totally works in, in Gamera's favor. And it, it, it really gets into this, like, this notion that, yeah, he is, he's, he's a guardian and he, you know, pr- is a protector and, uh, he'll fight no matter what. And, uh, it, it yeah, it, it really kind of delves into the, the character of Gamera about as much as you kind of should or could. I know and, you hate the, I'm going to bury the lead a little bit and say that <laughs> I, I know you don't like the next one, but I feel like the next one has as much to say without maybe being as direct about the character of Gamera. But you're right that like this one makes him first and foremost, like it's about him kind of. And this should be said that this is the only like series of films where I think where they purposefully give the lead Kaiju like a character arc. You can see his character progress through all three films, which I don't think has purposefully ever been done before. I, I, the since. only the only thing I could think of is maybe like the multiple attempts to like give Godzilla an offspring or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's a very it's a, it, but even then it, it's not as much of a like it's a, a marketing thing. Yeah, it, it's it's this is a solid. The character starts it goes through an entire story and comes out the other end differently. Yeah, that Which that's way? I can't think of another time <laughs> that's happened. Okay, I found the I found the uh, the image of these guys in the suit together. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. How does that look? Does it look comfortable? It looks insane. There's like pulleys inside of this thing. And um, like, the guy who's the guy who's facing backwards is like it looks like he's on like a Nordatrack, like <laughs> like a Bowflex. He looks like he's on a Bowflex machine. And uh, half of Legion was um, Yoshida, who who uh, Yoshida, who who played Godzilla in GMK. Um, and uh, now Matt and Eric, I know you guys just saw him at Fandom Fest last year. Did he? Because Legion's by far the more most interesting monster he's played. Did he talk a little bit about what that was like to operate? Not to me. I don't know if he said something to to Matt. Um, we talked about GMK a little bit in Zerum because Matt and I are both both big Zerum fans. So okay. I don't I didn't I don't think at the time I even knew that he played the Zedus or Zed. I don't yeah. know how that, the Gamer the Brave Monster. Yeah. I don't think I even knew that. But, um, did, uh, do you know if he was the guy in the front? Forward or the back? He was, yeah, he was in the front. Because because the, the, the guy in the back, good God! I mean, his. I'm looking at the image too. We'll we'll post it on the on the the page around the time we we put this episode out. But the guy in the back, like he he's right under the other guy's ass, 
And then he's on like he's on this little like uh, he's laying on this little like kind of scooter. And then um, so his, his his legs like he's laying on his back. So his legs are controlling like the back two legs of the Legion. And then his arms have these like uh, extensions in them for him to control the other legs. And this is ins- what lunatic even thought of this. <laughs> I, like, and then yeah, the guy in the then the guy in the front, in addition to you know the the leg. His legs are Legion's front legs, and then inside he's got this little mechanism that it looks like controls like the head maybe and like the 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 arms on the side. Those all those I don't know what you call them all those clickety clacks like the yeah the, the all the tiny little finger things. He's I think he's is he controlling them or is the other guy know. controlling them? But this is one of those things where like. <laughs> If Shinji Higuchi or whoever had brought, like, if I was, like, the production manager and he, like, gave this to me and was like, yeah, this is our monster, I'd be like, no. <laughs> We're not even doing this. Like, <laughs> How the hell are you going to build this? <laughs> yeah, and not only do you have to build this, but you also have to build it so it works. <laughs> I, I just, the audacity behind this is amazing. And what's... Another amazing thing about it is, like, as complicated as it is, it's also a really simple, like, once you see it, you can kind of sketch it out. Like, you know, that um, Del Toro quote that a kid always needs to be able to sketch out a monster because it has a really simple silhouette. Uh, and that's how you kind of make an iconic monster. And, like, I'll give it to all three. Like, well, this one and the next film, like, whether you like it or not, they make some pretty iconic creative monsters. And... That yeah. they're complicated, but they're also simple. This thing is an arsenal, like you would not believe, too, with everything that. It <laughs> oh yeah, fight. it's it's awesome. This this movie, my experience in watching this movie for the first time was so like like I said, camera guarding the universe like grew on me throughout the course of the movie, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're just wait for it. The second one's even better." And I watched the second one, and I was like, "This is better in every way," and it was like. It was one of the most exciting experiences I've ever had watching any kaiju movie. Period. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just it's a like thrill. It's, yeah, it's it's like they always say the the bad thing is you can only watch a movie for the first time once, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We we've kissed this movie's ass quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I do want to mention. Uh, I mean, just to get back to the effects. I mean, we mentioned in passing, like, oh, they're amazing. And, like, the reason for that is, like, they're so amazing, there's almost nothing else to say about them. Like, they're perfect. Like, I like when I watched this again, I was like, yep, I, I can't believe this movie is, like, uh, so old now. It, yeah. it it still looks amazing and and like when i think that like i like usually i think like a lot of us do like we think like oh for a, a kaiju movie it looks like this for a kaiju movie it's good for a kaiju movie the effects are great but like just across the board these effects are awesome like i i think that you could line this up with uh the effects in a lot of the hollywood movies that were coming out at the time and it, it can stand toe to toe with it and even some of the best looking tokusatsu effects, I, you can't say that about a lot of it. You know, it's kind of, you know, people kind of think of it as its own thing, like stop motion or something. But this is one of those movies where you can look at, like, the scene where, like, uh, the, 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 um, the Legion Flower, like, uh, like, 
pretty much decimates that entire city and like knocks Gamera on his ass. Like that is an such an incredible scene. And I think you could play it to an audience now and they wouldn't be like, oh, those are miniatures. That's a guy in the suit. They'd be like, wow, what is this crazy looking thing that I'm watching? But the movie also has some good CG, too. Um, one of my favorite shots in the movie is actually when Gamer first appears, there's like just some dolphins kind of swimming in the ocean. And then like he kind of like rises up and starts spinning out of the water. Um, it's a beautifully composed shot. It's just really kind of creative and I don't know. It's it's a small thing. It's all CG, but he, he does such a good balance between the practical and CG in this film. It's amazing. Um, it's also interesting, aside from some of the, the Showa stuff, because um, Tsuburaya was uh, a Japanese Catholic, this is one of the only kaiju movies to use biblical references. And, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, quite a, quite a bit. You know, uh we're called Legion for We Are Many. Is that I don't know how it goes. You guys would know. Yeah, that. I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it, like the the religious symbolism is. Um, I mean, we talked a lot about the things that make Guardian of the Universe feel so fresh. But in addition to just the the Legion creature itself being so out there and its design, how it was brought to life, and even its biology with it, like basically run, like just running off a of gas. Um, yeah, the, the biblical references are something that, again, make it feel different from, um, most kaiju movies, whether it's the ones that it was coming out against in the nineties, like the Toho stuff, or just in general. Um, yeah, the movie starts with the flaming cross that becomes cameras. Yeah. The um, fully, just to hop back on the CG for a second, the fully rendered shot of the queen flying is pretty good too yeah, it's, it's, it's not nice. great but it's not like a jarringly <laughs> yeah. bad shot for 1996 it's, it's, japan it's pretty good for 1996 cg period <laughs> it's good like yeah. that's that's what you said like it this holds up to contemporary movies from any nation at the time it's true i, I think for a kaiju movie that's almost like the highest praise <laughs> you can even give um, oh by far yeah that it looks like a like a cinematic hollywood film yeah Yeah. um no i mean this movie's great it's one of the best in the genre period um uh i give this uh five uh what's a good scale for this one man um face tentacle lasers jesus turtles face tentacle lasers no, the tentacle thing we can use for the next movie. Yeah, I like Jesus Turtles. Yeah, uh, okay, so I, I give this five Jesus Turtles out of five. <laughs> I give it five red face tentacle lasers out of five. <laughs> that is an unacceptable, that's an unacceptable rating. Do you give it five tentacle lasers out of five in a different rating of Jesus Turtles, or are they the same? <laughs> like, is it worth, like, four Jesus Turtles, but not as many tentacle lasers? <laughs> Worth eleven Jesus turtles. <laughs> the tentacle lasers are fantastic, by the way. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Uh, I give this five Jesus turtles as well, and this is like one of my favorite movies, basically of all time. So this is like a top two to three kaiju movie for me. Period. Oh yeah, easily. Like, the only one that I could tell you for one hundred percent sure is above this movie 
is Mothra versus Godzilla. And that's just because I think that's like one of the best movies of all time, period. Um, I go back and forth on whether or not I like this or Biolanti more. Okay. I do the same. Still, that's that's pretty darn high praise. It's high praise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I give it five as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just... Fives across the board. Oh, and another thing before we move on is I, I like that it takes place in the winter. Not enough of those. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty cool Yeah, it doesn't departure. factor into the final battle that much. Yeah. But just visually, but... it gives you, like, you know, it, it just makes it look different from everything else that was coming out. And yeah, still, the setting, I mean, like, yeah. camera's breathing, like, you see him inhaling and exhaling and stuff like that, which is a pretty neat effect. Like, yeah. not, not yeah. a lot of movies in this genre get that realism down, and this one does. Yeah. Again, man, I mean, this is Higuchi. It is be- I mean, Higuchi and Kaneko, I, I think this is, this is those guys at their best. Period. Did we, did we mention the the Legion Flower was a play on the Ultra Q episode? We did. No, uh, I, I must have missed that. Sorry. Gonna... Get with it, please. I know. <laughs> Drug induced haze. Yeah, but did we, did we also talk about how uh, Yumi Kame, Kaneyama, I'm probably butchering her name, was the only female to play a monster in the first movie? She played Ooh. Gauss. We did not mention that. that. No, yeah. but we should. Yeah. So she, she's the, I, I don't know of any other female suit actors, suit actresses. I don't know. Would she, uh, was she the one that uh, was Baragon as well? And also... Um, oh, uh, yeah, Baragon would be the And one. I think... Uh, was Min... Or is that a different one? And also Girl, played several of them in uh, Final Wars. Um, I think this is a different one, because she's... I think she's only known for playing Gauss, as far as I can okay. tell, but I'm not. I so, think so, so, too, yeah. Okay, so, so there, there's two out there, at least. Yeah. There you go. Which is pretty cool. Um, all right, so we're going to jump forward three years to 1999, um, which, uh, damn, that was a long time ago now. Um, we're old. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, the to- at this point, Toho uh, had retired Godzilla and... Uh, for some reason, entrusted the franchise to Roland Emmerich, who we know that didn't turn out so well. Um, and they were also done. They were also done making their horrible Mothra movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's just an idea of what we were, what else we were dealing with um, when this happened. And, and Toho were getting ready to bring Godzilla back. So um, in in those few years, we'd suffered through quite a few shitty kaiju movies. Um, so again, uh, uh, the the thrilling conclusion of the Gamera trilogy is 1999's Gamera 3, The Revenge of Iris, um, which really ties back to the first movie in that it brings back um, several characters that uh, uh, either weren't seen at all or weren't seen very much in the previous movie. And also, again, diving back into that whole mythology about... Um, that uh the Gamera versus Gauss Atlantis stuff. Um so uh me and Tom have done a mo- which one Eric or Matt, one of you guys do a plot synopsis. Who want, who wants to do it? I wanna I wanna give that to Eric. Eric wanted to to talk about this. Well I, I'm <laughs> trusting Eric with a lot of the the Gamera three stuff. So uh Eric give us just just give us the uh, the nuts and bolts here. What what are what's 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 your boy Gamer up to now? It's been a few years. 
what's he what's he up to these days? Sorry, give me a minute. I just uh, looked at that picture that Tom posted of the Legion outfit. It looks like something out of the Human Centipede. It looks oh, it's horrifying. Disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so yeah, the movie starts, um, and there's like a, a submersible kind of going along the ocean floor, and they're seeing some unusual surface patterns, and they kind of pan back, and you see like this huge gamer graveyard um like as far as like the eye can see of just uh shells and skulls stuff like that and then we flash to some somewhere um not exactly sure like a tropical island or something and there's this village and they're kind of surrounding like this dead gals and they're talking about how it came to their village and ate some of their um, the villagers and uh, Ayami's Ayami, right? Doctor Ayami. Um, I don't know. Sure, <laughs> let's say it. Okay, <laughs> she's there as well. Wait, and, are you uh, trying to think of the the bird person? Yeah, yeah. sorry, her name's nice. Nagamine. Nagamine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Same thing. Y'all mess <laughs> so she's way. there, and she's like, "Oh yeah," she's kind of has like this disturbing sort of look on her face. <clears throat> and there's some monster councils and blah 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 and then one night in the Shibuya um, basically just hell is unleashed um, a flaming gallus kind of just falls into the city Gamera descends after it um, another gallus is kind of flying Gamera's trying to take out that gallus but while doing so pretty much annihilates the whole city um, takes off, and that's about the last we see of him. It's like the, like the last fifteen minutes of the film, and the rest of the film kind of follows. Um, what's her name? Ayana, Ariane, um, who's like this girl whose parents died um, in Gamer Guardian Universe uh, when Gamera is fighting the Gals, and she blames Gamera. And she also happens to find like this tomb with some sort of like fossilized monster egg in it. And she kind of forms a connection with this creature who kind of feeds on her lust for revenge against Gamera. And they kind of develop this bond. It's kind of like a bastardized version of um, the Gamera and Sagi relationship. And it kind of comes to a head at the end of the movie um, where Gamera it fights against this this other monster called Iris. And, yeah, that'd be that. Yeah. Um, and did you mention that Ayana's whole thing is that she's pissed because her family died in the, the fight with the Gauss in the first movie? So I... Did mention that, but it's worth repeating. Well, there. Uh, <laughs> so uh, no, that, that that's the plot to Gamera Three. Now, and th- I guess this is where we'll get into it. Um, like I said, I the the reason why I, this trilogy works so well, at least for me, is each movie feels very different. Um, the first one is definitely the lightest. It's more like a. It's more of a light kaiju adventure kind of movie the second one is like hard sci-fi and this one is really 
he's taking that you know mysticism angle and just diving headfirst in with you know as some would say it might even think recklessly and um i always say that the first film feels like um a, a stereotypical kaiju film the second film feels like what happens if gamma meets ultra q and the third one feels like what happens if gamma meets anime specifically like ava or Evangelion yeah. or whatever yeah and and you know this this definitely has those fingerprints and i, I mean like guys like higuchi and stuff i mean they they came from eva and yeah stuff like the gamma graveyard is totally out of evangelion um but uh yeah it's definitely toying with the mysticism in a way that the other movies didn't um which again makes it feel fresh and different from not only the previous movies but also other kaiju movies um now this is also where i think there's some things that uh bother um certain people that watch it because um well we have one of those people here today with us um tom this is i'm giving you the floor here i think that uh there's a an elephant in the room and the only person that can address it is you oh i'm sorry i i fell asleep while we were talking about this movie um no i uh yeah so let me just I don't hate this movie or anything, but, uh, you know, like I said before, Gamera Guardian of the Universe won me over while watching it. Gamera 2 was like just one of the most awesome edgy viewing experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, and then everyone was, oh, just wait till you get to the third one. The third one's like the best, ki- the best kaiju movie ever made. It's so amazing. It's awesome. It's so in depth. It's so intricate it's so well composed it's like the perfect movie forget kaiju it's just the like the best movie ever and it ain't that good um it, it never clicks with me um i mean it's like it's not bad or anything but yeah the mysticism angle is just i think it's so clunky and mishandled it it just doesn't go anywhere either like yeah there's a graveyard of dead cameras because and then then it's never really yeah they they never really go back to it um you know camera you know the the his link is severed except it's not and the the oh god the video game designer character is like one of the worst things in in this no not one of it is the worst thing in this trilogy. Um, his character like makes no sense. Uh, his plan makes no sense. The girl that he's with makes even less sense. All this stuff about them trying to be the ones to join with Iris or but not or but something. It's just it's so convoluted. Um, yeah, maybe it's maybe there's something being lost in translation either culturally or in actual subtitle translation, but it, it's just convoluted and it, and it never comes together the way it should to just be a, a like it didn't need that much convolution to be this like callback to the first movie and uh, a movie about 
a girl trying to get revenge on Gamera for like, cause that's kind of the, the heart of the story is this girl trying to get revenge on Gamera for, you know, inadvertently killing her parents and her realizing that she's kind of turning to the wrong person or, you know, Kaiju to, to exact that revenge on blaming it on the wrong, the wrong party and everything that's at the heart of this story, but it's so muddled and covered up with this, like stuff about the other necklace and stuff that just doesn't, it don't make no sense. And it it doesn't ever come together. I will uh, respectfully disagree. Um, (laughs) Did a good article. I think a good article in G fan spring of 2016, where she kind of laid out um, a lot of the background and a lot of this stuff. I always just kind of uh, intuitively took out of the film or put into the film. Um, so I never had these problems with the mysticism was where, where there might've been gaps. I kind of just filled it with my own head and it worked. Uh, it's, it's, it's just never bothered me. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it, really. Well, what what is it? I mean, I guess what when you say the gaps, like what what are the what what are some of the things that you think? At least, I mean, if if you want to talk about, so yeah, all all the like the the different quadrants and all this, um, you know, I was kind of pairing different elements against each other, and basically, it's just a a, a very short, simple, well, I think simplified, but uh, <laughs> a short way of saying that Gamera and Iris are kind of like yin and yang. Like they're just, they're, they're opposites. And, um, but it also pairs humanity as kind of an opposite to the Gauss. And it, um, couples Iris with the Gauss and Gamera with people. It's kind of like two halves. Um, with the villains of the story, their, their motivations of kind of wanting a, in their mind, they're not villains as much as they're just trying to look uh, for a reset, basically, um, to the planet, kind of like the original people did with um, the Atlanteans with the Gauss, where they're kind of trying to look at, for the, at the Gauss for kind of a balancing force. Um, I don't know. But why? <laughs> but I, think that, why? I think that's the best question is, like, why do they want to... <laughs> reset any like i mean i understand that that's what they're doing but i don't understand why they're doing it well they got that dreamcast thing man where like the dreamcast shows them all the all the the man is out out of whack and um i I mean i don't know Uh, that might be an article japan has mana therefore gamera well the the dance article like i can't just that's the other that's the other like what i what i think is is the bigger like bigger problem maybe concern whatever is like because the previous two gamma movies have their share of kind of silly stuff um especially guardian of the universe but the tone of those movies is more action adventure fun um and it's you know more straightforward sci-fi. It's trying less to be important, and it's taking itself less seriously. This movie takes itself 
very seriously and it, it like you clash that up against like them watching the mana levels of the universe on a dreamcast and just basically the entire performance that the video game guy gives like he's giving an, a performance to me that is like it, it's it's one of those like on the level of uh, you know, like when good actors get cast in bad movies and they just ham it up as much as possible to see what they can get away with. That's like what I feel like the performance he's giving here is. is, is so he's Japan's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's just I don't know if he's a good actor at all, but it's just it's such a horrible over the top performance. And it clashes with this mo- with the movie's otherwise like self-serious tone so i would would take that as like an element where they're trying to to dilute it a little bit and say hey like um to to make it not quite so dour um but then again like even if it was a dour film like i don't necessarily think that's like a a sin against it i mean there's a lot of quote-unquote self-important works of art you know that watchmen dark knight returns and I, i kind of think this is the kaiju genre's equivalent to that i I can see that i will i will say like just hearing you guys talk about these two characters i don't think it's necessarily even that i don't understand what they're doing it's just that i don't feel like they're they make an i don't think they give anything to the story one way or the other you could take their them and their harebrained scheme to do whatever bond with iris somehow i guess and you could take it out completely and and the movie would all be like almost identical they're they're just kind of there that i agree with completely you know they feel like i guess i'll use the word filler like they they don't really bring anything to the table um and like the there's enough going on with ayana and um asagi and everybody that you don't need these characters in here you know if anything i guess they're kind of a plot device to get um well i not even that they because they only kidnap ayana for like five minutes and put her in like a i don't even know where she is like a abandoned hospital or something (laughs) but but uh (laughs) but but yeah i i think it's it's that scene in particular always like it kills the momentum of the narrative flow like I don't know what it is about that scene in the hospital, but it it feels so unnecessary. Like, and you I, just, I, I I love this film, but that scene always kind of encapsulates everything wrong with it. You could have used that time to go into uh, what I think the movie's like biggest problem is in terms of its actual story, in terms of like the narrative thrust of it and everything is like Gamera's side of things, like. It's touched on and and it's there. Like it, I'm not debating whether or not it's there, but you could have spent a lot more time developing him as like he's hardened and calloused now, and the the like you could have connected the dots to the mana or mana or whatever it is like a lot better. And that that like a lot of the things that people say about this movie, to me, they're not in there. Like the dots don't connect. They're just they're they're things that. I don't know if maybe people are taking from interviews or stuff, but like you know, people are like, oh, Gamera is so pissed off because the mana level is down 
and the mana levels down because he had to fight all these times before and that like hardens his connection and like that's not really there like all the pieces for it to be to be there are there but there's nothing that bridges those two concepts to me and you could have done away with this video game designer and the girl who's like 95 percent of her lines like just are nonsensical bullcrap um and you could have done away with them and delved into that a little bit more to explain that a little bit more and bring it all together more cohesively and maybe also help explain what it is specifically that causes Gamera to not be a dick at the end of the movie. (laughs) Uh, So is it, is it saving, is it saving the girl that, that kind of brings him back? Or is it, uh, is it Asagi being there that brings him back? Like, is what is it that, that brings Gamera back from this brink of like, I'm going to blow up just everything in order to kill the Gauss into like, Oh yeah, that's right. I am the the guardian of the universe. See, you and Bird take like that he is an an arc within the film where I just think he's I mean, he protects that kid. Um it just he if he can save someone, he will, and I think he's pretty steady with that throughout the film. I don't think he has a change of heart. But again, a lot of this you, you can only infer because there's only like they said the pieces and you kind of have to to shape it out. I would have also preferred a little more in the motivation because I always took it for instance that it's the the severance so like all the little comma beats all broke and so he no longer has a connection with humanity so Gamera has basically been like um, like the monster has been kind of unleashed and he's this is who he is without that connection to humanity like, so he's like Zack to... Snyder Superman <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> um, but it fits more with the monster <laughs> And he still saves more people, probably. <laughs> well, um, he still but, kills fewer people. Yeah, more than Superman does. Yeah, but um, I don't. Know, I totally so agree. He, like, I if, mean, do you feel? Well, I guess my question to you then is: Do you feel that, like, by the end of the movie, that he has actually regained his connection to humanity? Where, where do you think he is at the end? I, I think like he's pretty constant. Like he's lost it, but he's still quote unquote the good monster so he'll you know when he can save lives he will um but he's just he's basically had his consciousness like a, a little his morality kind of tweaked or altered he just I don't know um, I um, do want to mention though uh, I love the uh, well, just talk talk about the universe. One thing we didn't for, uh, mention is um, it's not brought up in the movies, and I don't think it's meant to be like I don't. I'm not sure how serious it's meant to be as like part of the canon or whatever. But Kaneko always said like uh, one way that um, he oh kinda, shut up, I hate this. One way that he made the <laughs> Gamera less less like I guess silly sounding or whatever is that uh, he thought of in this world turtles aren't actual animals. They're like myths they're like they're they're like mythical they're like unicorns or something like they're like phoenixes or, or dragons yeah uh yeah. which i mean uh but it's not so o- stupid that is well i i think that was just something that he kind of used as like a trick when he was i know it to you know never really call too much attention to it um which i don't know i feel like it works in these but i i'm usually of the the mindset that is i all i kind of have that joe dante thing in there where like 
if you don't inject some like humor about it, the audience is going to find something to laugh at. But I don't know. Yeah, I, it, should, it worked well in these films for whatever reason. But yeah, usually I'd say you have to take the piss out of it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, but not only that, I uh, this movie also takes place in a universe where video like video games about like statistics are like huge apparently <laughs> it's like the world's most popular selling yeah, the, game yeah the, the one was guy a, he said was uh, a weather video game yeah he said uh, his huge huge game was a first hit it was about statistical analysis and storms so like I, does that mean like that game was as popular as like call of duty or something like in the <laughs> universe i can't imagine a more boring thing to play but uh um so let's uh Talk about some of the film strengths, maybe. <laughs> no, well, no, I, I, I mean, well, one of the film strengths, and I don't know, maybe for for Tom at least, maybe it is a weakness. Is um, I want to I want to spend some time talking about Iris because I, I I really like Iris. Is this? I really like Iris. See, here's the. Uh... I like the adult Iris. Well, maybe. Iris starts <laughs> out as this cute little, almost like Pokemon looking thing, and then it it fucks Ayana, and then it turns into this <laughs> giant like uh tentacled like uh it's another one of those designs like hentai monster (laughs) right it's another one of those designs like the legion that that just looks completely different from anything else that you would see in in a kaiju movie um now now tom what what, what's your deal with that you you like iris right yeah i like the design a lot um there's a there's a, a lackluster physicality to the to the interactions between uh iris and camera that leaves me a little cold there's some sort of like i don't know iris moves maybe a little too slow in terms of like how it walks or something something about it is just it's the whole it's just a little too measured um it's it's like a half a step slow but no the design is is really cool Um, iris is more or less um I, I, I don't know. The movie kind of gives you two origins of Iris, um, uh, but yeah, Iris one is, is that it's the guardian of the something, the Rio Seicho, which is like a an ancient guardian of like this family's temple. It's not two origins; it's just two different explanations. Well, yeah, well, like, well, for the I, same thing. It's well, like, yeah, I guess because um, because Iris is actually like a mutated, like what's the easiest way to even explain it? a mutated Gauss. No, isn't it the isn't it like the original Gauss and the Gauss are mutated from Iris? I didn't get that. I thought it was like a a mutated Gauss that was like going to be like the next stage. The whole reason it's trying to to bond with Diana in the first place is because it can apparently alter its DNA when it fuses with a human, which is. Like, I thought it was like the because I thought when they like compare its DNA, it has. Simpler DNA than a Gauss or something. Gauss, and then it alters itself. And so I thought, I thought that like the Gauss had spawned off from Iris. See, this movie's confusing. I, I mean, I never, I never thought that myself. So I don't know. Maybe you're just confused. (laughs) Um, but Iris is like a messed up uh, version of of a Gauss. Is what we're trying to say. (laughs) <laughs> um anyway uh to get back the face to face of iris is really cool too where it's like it looks like it has eyes but but it's yeah really they're, they're like eyes but not really like it's very 
That's the one I thing I like. Not, it's I, like one glowing orb in its face. Yeah. Um, it's not like eyeballs. It's but it but it ends up looking. Yeah, it's a yeah cool looking creature. Yeah, I I really like the the monster designs in these movies. Um, they're just they're so much more creative than the the stuff that you and usually get. And then its chest vagina opens up and Ariana goes into it and yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That that is accurate, um, but yeah, I I think that uh, Iris is one of the more interesting kaiju probably ever because it has such an odd look. Um, and uh, I I want to oh that's where I was going with this is that I I think Iris just the creature of Iris is what kind of made Shin, Shinji Higuchi really dare I say, even fall in love with CGI because you had this suit, but then so much more is added with CG, like tentacles that span the whole city. And um, it, I mean, in this, the CG in this is very good. I think a lot of it is because uh, there's scenes at night and Higuchi doesn't really uh, focus on it too much. But uh, this, is, this is the best example I've seen of his what he calls hybrid effects where he, he is kind of a marriage of practical and CG. I think it's his best work ever. Um, yeah. You say what you want about the, the film, but I think as far as the effects, I think he's never done better. And I think this is probably the pinnacle of the genre still. Um, I think they're yeah. great. I think the, you know, if we're, cause I do think there's still a moment or two that doesn't quite hold up that well. And it's the, there's some wonky CG in the forest scene. And like Bird said, I, th- I think it just it said it works better at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the effects in this movie are nearly flawless. Yeah, the physics some, sometimes are a little off, but the like um, but usually they're combined with like a really breathtaking image that I don't care. Like when um, Iris is flying, which is like a really cool effect. It's not a typical way of flying, which is either going to be like rockets or wings. It's kind of like this weird tentacly Fails. floaty thingy. Yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, the physics of it kind of doing it at one point look really off, but it's like, but it's against yeah. the moon and it, it's just, yeah. And, and, and that shot with Iris coming up above the clouds and against the moon, that, that, that's a, that's a digital shot, but it's, that's like a, that's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> there's like a whole CGI in it. Like there's a whole, like where flying saucer, CGI camera fights CGI uh, Iris. Yeah, and, and it and doesn't it, like, look completely totally terrible. works. Yeah. Looks great, and it's um, I, I had that same moment in, like in Gamera Two where he kind of surfs, shooting the fireballs. When he finally he's like attacking Iris while they're flying, and he turns into his his saucer mode. As I think it's the first time I've ever really seen him use the saucer mode as like an offensive weapon. That's just that's a really cool moment. And then they they do that thing where like he's. They do that thing again where, like, he's bleeding and, like, he doesn't he, like, splatter blood against the camera? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I, that's cool, too. I really like this. Um, if you're going to do, like, a, a realistic, quote-unquote, take on Gamera and Gauss, I think these are the, the, both perfect. Yeah. Gauss looks, never looked better, in my opinion. I love the Showa, but... Yeah, the, the this this kind of takes all the problems Tom mentioned with the Gauss in the first movie, and it fixes it with, the, I guess they're yeah, called I, the Hyper Gauss in this, yeah, but, and, but yeah, it, it fixes the problems that, that were going on in the first movie. They still have those, like, it's weird, they, they still have, like, the 
kind of weird looking eyes, but they actually work in this. Yeah. And it's hard to explain what it is that that works. Um, maybe they're not as they they maybe they got like a little bit more of a glossed look to them, like a, not gloss, but a a hazy look to them, so that they look a little more real, a little less like just uh, a little less just like glass with a black paint smudge on it. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it it totally works, uh, and the the gauss they do look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, th- no, that, I mean, I'm I'm See, with so you that's that's a point where like. Higuchi saying that these these eyes like where he likes the the white eyes with the black pupils and he's like oh that that I think looks the best and usually it looks terrible this is actually a time where I think he pulled it off mm-hmm. yeah with that with that um, look. no th- like this movie is his tour de force and I mean I'm I can't second any I mean I can't dispute anything that you guys have said like. This is one of the best looking kaiju movies ever made, and and the effects work is part of that. It, it. I just wish they didn't push the camera suit as far as they did. It's uh, it's a point of contention, and I know um, even for me, for a little bit, like this movie's kind of hard to stomach as as a gamer fan. I've come to appreciate kind of as like a Dark Knight Returns sort of like doing a really dark iteration of a, of a character, which is then hopefully never replicated. Right. Um, but as a one-off, I like it, but I know a lot of gamer fans, um, there are such things. Um, and I've heard of some Japanese fans even like where they just like, it was too far for them. Mm-hmm. In fact, this was the lowest performing at the box office of the three. Um, so I, I do think, this was it's a it's a one-off but it's interesting that like this is kind of what people have latched on to and so when you see like the the pilot film that they premiered at comic-con like they're basically doing this film mm-hmm. again and it's even like, well, um even in uh in the brave when you see gamera at the beginning he's I mean it it, it it's a more it's more friendly looking than this one but it's definitely you can tell that it's it's a version of this this game yeah yeah and it's just a weird thing like you would think uh the preceding two films are more popular they're more kind of tied in with what the character is supposed to be like that's i, I just yeah. I don't well i this movie is such a fan favorite um it is it's dark but, but uh i i i will say um with uh with i guess with the gamera look it, it i i am kind of with Tom and that I like the the camera two look is like it's that sweet spot right in the middle, mm. you know, and it, it's not going too much one way or too much the other way. Um, how do you guys? Well, that's feel fair. About, I like them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think you know you're saying like it's it's dark and that's why it's a fan favorite. I do think that that's something American fans, American fans especially in general have with with these kaiju movies where like they they so desperately want these movies to be taken seriously that they think anyone that has a dark tone to it will help them be taken seriously the bread and butter of these movies and the reason why more kaiju movies keep getting made is because kids love them yeah let's be honest and so so it's kind of like when um you know, there was that fake 
Power Rangers rated our thing, and everyone who took it seriously was like, oh, this is how it should be. And it's like, really, there is something deep down inside a lot of people that, like, they can't just come out and say, yeah, I like the silly kids shit, you know? Yeah. Well, you should be able to. I feel like that's a a stage of maturity, man. (laughs) Like, you should get past it. Like, this is... I'm not knocking this film because I think it does it well and it does it artfully. Um, but the type of mentality where people latch on to stuff like this, it's like a, it's like a teenage mentality. Like, right. Eventually you move past that and you're like, Hey, you know what? It's okay to like Superman more than Batman or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spider-Man more than the Punisher. And, and, like, and the truth is that they, they, there's a place for, for all of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a yeah. genre. It doesn't have to yeah. be all the same. Um, so, well, I guess two questions I have for you before we wrap up our talk about this trilogy. The first one is, how do you guys feel about the, the ending? Because I, I think people I are kind of split in that it, it leaves you hanging. It doesn't answer the question I asked Eric of, like, where is Gamera at the end of this movie, like, as a character? It, it doesn't, yeah. and, I mean, he's going up against a gi- hundreds and hundreds of Gauss. There's no way he could possibly survive, right? But it ends right there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I love it personally. I think it's, it's a thematically a, appropriate ending. Totally. And I think if, if, you know, like, yeah, th- like you said, there's problems with it, not answering where Gamera is and all that stuff. But like, I think if you addressed some of that more, like the ending unto itself of Gamera winning, but you know, I mean, he loses a hand and he's like battered and beaten and exhausted, but he's gonna get up and get after the Gauss like right away. Like that's a perfect thematic ending for Gamera. And it's, um, yeah, exactly, it's the perfect encapsulation of what that character is. Like the odds are totally stacked against him. He's been beating the shit out of twenty times over, but he's still gonna keep fighting because that's just who he is. It's well, like actually, perfect... one of the um, one of the international titles for this. I mean, it's known as Revenge of Iris. But um, is the incomplete struggle, and I think that that's almost, I mean that 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 title right there says it all. Is that you know it's the struggle is never complete, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, isn't it also like Gamera, the ultimate guardian of the universe? At the end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, why does he blow his hand off? Let me. Not Iris's hand. No, why does yeah, Gamera it... blow his own hand off? Exactly. Like. <laughs> Instead of viruses. There's no... <laughs> I, it's I so know. that you can get the cool fire hand. Yeah. Maybe he <laughs> somehow knows, like, Iris will still be more functional. Like, the only way to do it is to get the fire hand. I don't know. But th- it's a cool moment, so I kind of just go with it. But yeah. it's like the shark, shark blowing up in Jaws. Like, you know, at that point... <laughs> it's it's um, definitely like a get-up-and-cheer <laughs> moment. It but it... it uh, all right. Um, I do have a question real quick for you guys. Yes. We haven't talked about this at all. The score um, for any of the films, I like. They're they're pretty. I feel like they get better as the series goes on. Um, I feel like this one has the best score of the bunch, but the this, Iris theme is pretty. I feel like this score trades in pretty well on what was this. Yeah, I mean, yes, I'll agree. I'll 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 go along with that. Like it just. The, their score kept getting slightly refined and tweaked. Yeah, because when that Gamera March plays at the end, like, that's pretty... I will say, like, like I mean, we, we've we gone pretty much this whole time somehow 
without mentioning the the Ko Otani scores, but uh, I love them. Um, I think they're wonderful, uh, and um, I think he's one of the the really great composers for these movies to come out since you know Ifuku Bay was done. Uh, and I the scores for all three movies I love, and I love his GMK score. So um, I take it we we can all agree that. It's great music. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, that uh, kaiju with Symphonic Fury or whatever. Yeah, the Symphonic they, Fury concert. Yeah, they did really good iterations of all these yeah, scores. Yeah, uh, I saw it live, and he was in attendance. It, it was the only. It was the first and only time since that his music has uh, been played by an orchestra. I think anywhere. That that. CD in particular, I didn't see in person, but I've always been kind of lukewarm on the GM. Actually, I didn't like the GMK score, but hearing, because I believe they didn't have like the the money to to do it like you wanted to, but hearing it on that CD, like that score is is great. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, I am with. Tom and that I, I I feel like this one it's weird since this one had the longest per- time between movies but I feel like maybe one more crack at the script to really fine tune it um and kind of uh, I mean like those those two cult member characters are dead weight um, it feels like they knew where they wanted it to end and they knew the themes they wanted it to hit on but they didn't exactly know how they wanted to get there. Yeah, I, I mean, if if the, the, this movie and that can be a problem a lot of times with like the conclusions to things. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you you take away some of that excess material, and uh, you have something that's that would be pretty much perfect. But um, but yeah, I mean, without it, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is the movie we got, so. I mean, th- those are my big problems with it. It it just doesn't feel like it's as tight of a script as the first two because you have those little subplots that are just kind of meandering almost. Um, however, uh, I enjoy I pretty much enjoy everything else about it. Um, I even like uh, the whole story with Ayana, even though it's kind of typical angsty teen anime territory. Um, it's a you know the bestiality thing is a little weird, but <laughs> um, but uh, I, I I do think it's a worthy conclusion to the trilogy. Um, and I mean, if I'm gonna give the first one a four and a half, the second one a five, um, I think this one's an easy four. And it it could have been a five, but um, the 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 script is a little on the sloppy side for me. And it, you know, there's certain things that kind of test my patience because. You know, they they don't seem to matter as yeah. much, but and it's a solid talk about movie. Testing, testing your patience, like that's kind of a what we're doing to our listeners. I feel like I feel like a lot of my complaints might might come off as like as as maybe a little incomplete or a little nit- nitpicky or maybe even a little annoying to people who are like, oh, this guy just doesn't get it. And yeah, maybe I don't, and I'm I'm willing to posit that. But uh, yeah, that's another thing is I mean there is some of this stuff, especially like with the mythology and backstory, where I mean culturally maybe it is just we're dumb Americans, there, there and, I'm, a, and I'm willing to take that. There is a piece of this movie that that tests my patience, 
every time I watch it and, and just it grinds my gears in the worst way um, is there's there's that huge middle section of the movie where like there's basically no kaiju action and it's a lull. But they keep showing us these news stories that like, oh, Gamera is fighting the Gauss over here and get the Gauss are appearing over there and Gamera is fighting the Gauss. And you're like, well, friggin show that to me. So, so like, uh, I'm not I, I, I understand that. But I mean, there's budget restraints to think about. But I mean, it's far like, does it bother you when they do the same thing in Monster Zero where they say King Ghidorah is on a rampage in the United States and it's just a newspaper headline? You know, I mean, well, no, because that movie's so much fun in a lot of other ways. God damn. Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, it, that's probably my biggest uh, gripe against this movie that I think is like legitimate and not that arguable um, is that it, it kind of breaks one of those commandments of show, don't tell. Uh, there's 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 quite a bit of telling without showing. Um, and, and that's 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 like my biggest complaint in terms of like when i sit and watch the movie and the flow of the movie itself because all these like all these uh other complaints i have about the mysticism and the mythology and stuff that's stuff that bothers me like afterwards like when i'm sitting and thinking about it and when i'm talking about it to people like you or to yeah. you know people who call this like the the best kaiju movie of all time and stuff and i'm like well but that doesn't quite come together and that doesn't work it's the, the dark knight rises like, of kaiju movies the part that when i actually watch the movie like grates on me is is the telling me about gauss montage that that bothers me um so with that i'm i'm torn between like a three and a half and a four um i will give it though i'll i'll give it four uh tentacle porn rapes out of five <laughs> All right, Matt, are you okay? What do you even think about this movie? Um, I like it. I'm just trying not to die when you guys are. I feel like crap. Sorry to our our listeners. I haven't been my uh, my peachy self. Um, I, I I like this movie. I can't quite get to a four, but I can't put it like a three and a half. So I'm gonna go three and three quarter cynical rape scenes. Yeah, it seemed to be consensual. So I don't know. Is it really rape? Um, She's underage, so yes. Okay. <laughs> Can we all agree that this is not a discussion we want to have? <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe people want to have this this, this discussion. Well, well, I'm right sure in, there are some right people in. who would love to have this discussion. Yeah. There's some people that, that Tom know specifically that, that want to have this discussion. That Milo Yano Yama Babalabalus guy. That guy wants to have this discussion. Um, um, I'll give it a five. All right. Damn. The bold... Uh, Well, I guess not. Like, isn't that like... Doesn't everyone but us give it a five? Most most people (laughs) love it, yeah. Most people, from what I've seen, a lot of people think it's... It is the best since 1954. That's just out of... No. That's crap. (laughs) My most recent rewatch of it was probably my favorite viewing of it to date. Um, And so, you know, I think... You know, having my expectations more firmly in check. Um, if I, I think if I hadn't rewatched it prior to this discussion, I'd given it like a three or a three and a half. Um, I, so, you know, I think I would say like maybe get your expect if you've never seen it before, like maybe get maybe get your expectations a little bit in check 
Um, especially if you kind of reacted to the first two the way that, that I did, where it was like, oh my god, that was a lot better than I was expecting. And then, oh my god, that was amazing. Uh, maybe be prepared to, to be like a little bit let down. And you might end up enjoying it more. Uh. True. Um, well, that's the Gamera trilogy. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen these, like, what's... Some there are a lot of, not a lot, but there's a certain sect uh, in the Godzilla fandom that won't view Gamera movies because he's not Godzilla, so... Who cares? <laughs> that's a weird... If, if you're listening it's, to this, you're one of those people, it's... you're doing It is a crazy a mentality, mentality to have, especially about, like, three movies that pushed the genre more than any movie had since probably the the 60s um you know like i think i think if you're if you're just talking about pushing the spectacle aspect of it um this pushes things in a way that that no kaiju movie had since destroy all monsters and that's not even one of my favorite movies but just the sheer spectacle of king Ghidorah landing in between in the middle of all of those monsters in a bright daylight shot and the confidence with which that was all filmed and the competence which with which it was all brought together and choreographed like the entire genre had not been pushed in that way until this and to date has not been pushed at all <laughs> in the way that, that this No it's just just leave trilogy. it it has not been pushed pretty much since this i mean if, it, if anything we've regressed yeah. um and and yeah it, this this pushed this pushed the whole genre to to new heights and i mean there's there's really no better comparison than to just look at what like look at what godzilla was doing at the time and compare it to this and it, it there's no comparison the godzilla movies look look like original video like made for VHS quality compared to this series. Uh, and there's there's a matter of a couple of years separating them, you know, like it's not like it's not like the technology itself uh, advanced a lot in that time. It's more that Higuchi and Kaneko were willing to utilize it to the fullest of its extent and the best of their abilities. Um, it, and it's yeah, it it's a genre-defining trilogy. And yes. if you're not seeing it because it's Gamera, like, grow up. <laughs> uh, you guys want to take, like, five minutes to hit on Gamera the Brave real quick before Matt dies and I have to fall asleep for work tomorrow? Uh, I mean, we can we can tackle the... I mean, did you guys want to tackle the Brave, or uh, is it... Pushing yeah. too late, so man dying. I, I mean, could probably because I, I do want to. I, I do want to give the brave like it's, you know. I think its own we could. You, you guys could end up doing discussion. something else, but just as a as a quick, yeah, Ion. I agree. Um, you know, if you want to end up doing a commentary or something, that'd be cool. But anyways, um, Gamera the Brave. It, it's weird in that it almost picks up the way this movie leaves off in a way. Um, it picks up with an adult Gamera fighting against like a bunch of Gauss, and he explodes himself. And and that's it. He's he's just that's it. He's dead. Um, and peace returns to Earth for many years until a, a little boy finds a pet turtle, and this little boy's like really obsessed with turtles. Um, 
to an extent that we haven't seen since the original Gamera movie. But uh, <laughs> he finds a pet turtle, he takes care of it, and then uh, this it's this little tiny thing. It gets pretty big pretty fast. It starts flying. It shoots little fireballs out of his mouth, and he's like, holy crap, this uh, turtle that I've called Toto, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, is, it's, this is a Gamera. Yeah. That, like the, a the movie is basically Son of Gamera. Um, so yeah, so the, then at the same time, like a, a monster named Zetus, or, right? Yeah, it, who knows? That's, that's actually probably the best, most logical pronunciation I've heard. <laughs> uh, Zetus is like this weird, like, uh, vaguely sauropod, sauropod, whatever, saurian, whatever, dinosaurian looking thing. Uh, vaguely t-rexian and it it eats people um this is like pretty this movie um is is pretty graphic for a kid's thing in terms of like the monster eats people but uh yeah he shows up he starts fucking shit up and like gamera has to fight him and it's a very kid-friendly movie um but to me like because that's really all there is to it um, Gamera has to fight this this monster, and he's a baby Gamera, so he's somewhat outclassed. Um, to me, this is like Showa Gamera done right. Um, yes, there's some cornball moments, and yes, there's some some cheese to it, but it like ends up working and coming together. Um, it's a shame that what they did to Gamera's roar. Uh, even if you don't like his roar that much, it's iconic, and turning it into the King Kong 76 roar is, is a shame really is. Um, but, uh, no, it's just a fun kids movie. Uh, it bombed cause people wanted another Heisei Gamera movie, but no, it's just a fun, good kids kaiju movie in, in the vein of, I don't know any of the other good kids kaiju movies. Yeah. It's uh, I love this film. Hate the roar. Like it, it um for a while i wasn't even interested in seeing the movie because it's kind of like taking godzilla's roar roar away i just i don't know but um i do like one thing we really haven't said that uh, a lot of gamers villains they do have like this direct sort of like they prey on people which is kind of unusual um in the genre and it, it makes it like a more immediate threat when stuff when these monsters are eating people like it's a very real um, sort of obvious reason why you, they had to be stopped. But um, Game of the Brave is a great film. I, I wish it would have went on. I, I don't like the design. I don't like the roar. Um, but it would have been cool to see like them start kind of grounded like this. And then maybe like in a sequel do like, hey, alien invaders, they're these space chicks from Mars or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. But um, never got that far, unfortunately. But. And really, really unfortunately, I think this film's bomb at the box office kind of have killed any chances of them doing something similar, uh, at least for a long time. Uh, So if we do get another Gamera movie, it's going to be like the pilot film where it's going to be dark and gritty. That's fine, but it's also a little obvious and a little boring, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, I, th- I feel like the bomb of this movie kind of killed an iteration of Gamera. Uh, that we could have had, really. Th- um, yeah, that, I mean, that 
I mean, if this was supposed to kickstart what I guess we can call like the Millennium series of Gamera, I mean, it 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 was a complete failure in doing that. Uh, I mean, you really have to wonder. I mean, the Millennium series for Godzilla wasn't all that successful to begin with. You know, GMK being kind of like the only one that was like really a hit. Um, I would argue this is a better film than almost any of Godzilla's films in that in that era, though. Personally, uh, I would I, I would argue far. against that, but I mean, I'd say it can stand with quite a few of them. Yeah, but uh, like my point is like, why didn't they do this? Like, once GMK did well, why why did they wait until a- two years after Final Wars? You know, it, it was it's just kind of like how Mar how DC is trying to catch up with Marvel right now, and they just can't. It's yeah, you know, I, it's, I will say. I was in Japan when this movie came out, and there was zero marketing. Now, I know that you can see it. They did do, like, a little tour through the mainland of, the like, the Gamera, like, resting on the ground prop, the light, the full scale. Um, they, like, towed it around, like, in a truck or something. But there was no posters, no commercials, no... Uh, an entire island of Okinawa only played, like, in two very small theaters, um, that I could ever find, so I never was able to see it. But yeah, I think Katakawa just does not care that much about the character. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they they were getting kind of ambitious. Um, like they they wanted to kind of bring back like their monster properties. You know, the year before this, they had the Great Yokai War, which was also awesome. And then after this, they wanted to do a Daimajin movie, but the, this movie bombing so bad just kind of had them back off from everything. And, and that was going to be a Mike Daimajin. Um, well, they still did the TV show, though. Like, right, around right. This time. Yeah, they, yeah they, they took it to TV. But um, so, but they gave a shot with all three of their major properties. And I, I'm not sure how the Yokai film did. I think it did pretty well. Um, okay. It, it says, it, I don't know. It says box office was about 16 million bucks. But I don't know what its budget was. Mm. It doesn't um, say. But uh, I, I think this movie is kind of a, a nice sweet spot between the kids. It's a kids movie, but it also isn't overly campy. It's not. It's 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 a kids movie that like someone above the age of like five can enjoy. It's um, very close to having that Miyazaki. Feel. Yeah, and, it's and, not and, quite it, there, but it's definitely in that same wheelhouse. It has a, a very um, the, this director. I'm not familiar with his other work, but uh, Ryuta Tasaki. I guess he was a big common rider uh, guy. I guess um, did a lot of common rider stuff. But uh, he really kind of he grounds it in a way that you know. I mean, the char- he he instantly gives you something to identify the characters with, like. You learn that, you know, this boy and his father, you know, they're still getting over the loss of, of the mother. And, you know, he's a lonely kid and he finds this egg and it, that's where his friendship with Toto, the, the baby Gamera, um, comes into play. Because, you know, he finally has, like, this thing that he can care for, you know, and it's, you know, you, you get flashbacks of him with his mother and, you know, the way he's nurturing this baby turtle is you know it's a very like maternal relationship and then and it's treated very seriously but then it has like the the it still operates in kind of 
kids movie logic like the, the a scene that a lot of people hate but i i think is fun and pretty charming is like the relay race scene where they're trying to get the um i love that part yeah, i love it yeah. too if you don't i i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say it's like <laughs> the it's like the it's the absolute best way you could have handled that mo- you know like like i guess it's one thing if you just don't like it like if if your if your taste is to not enjoy but people like fun, people attack um, this. <laughs> but like it, it's not like it's poorly executed you know like it's very well it's a very well executed moment whether or not you like what it's executing is is a different matter but to attack it like it is this just utter failure of like epic proportions i mean it it i think this you know like like you said if this movie's goal was to kick off uh, a new set of films for the franchise obviously it failed and it failed miserably but like in terms of what this movie wants to be unto itself i think it's absolutely like a like a complete success it completely succeeds in setting out what it setting out to do what it wants to do as a film Completely, except for that one scene where, like, they're trying to put their hands down the, the kid's pants or whatever. <laughs> you guys remember that? <laughs> There's a scene on the beach, and like they're all, like trying to pull the kid's pants down or something. Like, yeah, it's weird. It's a really awkward. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I know, I know. People didn't like the 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 design of Toto at the at the end of the film, but I honestly think like they gave us a glimpse of what they wanted their fully grown Gamera to look like. And I feel completely confident that if they got to do another movie, he would have looked like that. Right. Yeah. And if you get the, like some of the making out books and seeing the art of just the execution was a little bit off, but that design and, and art form looks amazing. I, um, I mean, I, I think it's a little too cartoony, especially when you put it yeah. next to Z next to Zetus. And, you know, Zetus is a very kind of grounded, more realistic design and execution. And then it's next to this thing that basically looks like a, you know, a cartoon turtle. Pokemon again? <laughs> yeah. You guys should check out the art if you ever, if you ever get a chance, because it does look like it hides the human proportions a little more. It looks a little less. It looks very naturalistic. It, lo- it really looks like a, a real animal, kind of. So, um, but the execution's a little lackluster, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think it's, it, for, for a movie like this, it didn't need to be as good as it was really. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I mean, well, one thing that tie it, it, ha- it, it has a, you know, I mean, it's a story about loss and mourning of, of, you know, this, this boy and his mother, but it also maintains like you look at like the show with going back to that relay race scene, it's like a scene that's. You know, only kids have this connection to Gamera, you know, and it's very true to what what Yuasa did with those original movies that the Kaneko stuff kind of lost uh, lost sight of and really just, you know, I mean, he was doing his own thing, you know, uh, and I, I think that it's it's kind of unfortunate that Yuasa didn't didn't get to live to see this movie because as many people probably know by now he wasn't the biggest fan of the more i guess quote unquote for lack of better uh word adult 
approach of the the nineties trilogy, you know. You said there were movies for fanboys by fanboys or something like that or Yeah. I, I feel like he probably just meant, you know, it's movies for adults who grew up as fans. I I don't feel like I feel like that's a weird translation for I can't yeah, see him I, using a word like fanboys. Yeah, but his point <laughs> I think is it still remains like Gamera was made for kids, these films are not for kids. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's a legit point. Um now uh I, I do want to say this we had uh Tomo Haraguchi who was like I don't know he's he's like uh Higuchi's like um I don't want to say like right-hand man but uh a frequent collaborator he did the effects without Higuchi and I I think that they they're not quite to the level of the trilogy but I think as far as the miniatures go and at least as far as Zedis goes the the suit um I think they're pretty darn good yeah, and they help. Uh, it helps that they did a smaller scale because Gamera is only like thirty meters tall in this film. So um, it really it pays off in some cool ways. Like the bridge yeah. scene is actually like a pretty cool. Like yeah, they don't just smash the bridge to pieces. They actually fight on it. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I yeah, that's something that I, I I always like when you know the monsters are kind of shrunk down a little bit like you look at like king kong escapes and war of the gargantuas and that means they have to be with bigger miniatures which means more detailed miniatures yeah i i think this is a movie that um in general deserves like a second look you know like people it people really need went to... under the radar here too even it went it went like everyone just dismissed it i mean People dismissed it before it came out. I mean, even like super fan Eric like didn't want to see it because he heard like they changed the roar and you know like he didn't the reviews. Like the the early, yeah, the early reviews we got were bad too. Like and so between hearing that the roar was changed and the the movie was bad, I was like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah, and and then like and then the people who you know uh, worship the the Heisei films like just dismissed it outright because they didn't want the kitty camera back anymore and it's like i just think you know put yourself in the mindset of what this movie is um and and like give it another look because it is completely successful as that kind of movie totally agree so what are we going to rate this film at like what's the rating scale um to be completely honest because i just rewatched this and not only that, I rewatched this with uh, my girlfriend, who I had only shown Guardian of the Universe, um, and she loved it too. And uh, I, I think that it, it's a movie that is a lot. Uh, it's 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 very well made, and it's it's not as, it's not what you would think. And the thing is, it's not oh, it's the Kitty Gamera's back, um, and it's also not oh, it's the Heisei Gamera's back. My answer to that is, it's actually both. And it takes what worked about the old films and what worked about um, the, I guess, earnestness of the storytelling in Kaneko's films, and it and it uh, kind of mashes them together um, to a great effect, really. I think it's a very charming, fun, uh, and uh, grounded kind of coming-of-age story framed as a, a Gamera movie. Um, and... Uh, I, I I really remember I saw it for the first time in a theater at G Fest. I, I think it was the first North American like screening, 
And I was just like, wow, this is the movie that everyone is coming back so mixed from and, like, nobody seems to care about because, like, I just thought it was... It was it, it just surpassed my expectations by, like, a million, <laughs> you know? I mean, I really wasn't expecting much going in. And I came out having seen a, a kid's movie that was told in a mature way um, that actually had, you know... Uh, characters who were actually going through something, you know, and, and um, I don't know. It's a movie that still connects to me. Um, and uh, oh, what I love, you, I love, you, I love the score also. Yeah, what do you score? give it out of five and five watts? <laughs> yeah, uh, I give it uh, five um, depressed kids with dead moms <laughs> out of. Or, no, not five. I give it a four depressed kids with dead moms out of five. Uh, yeah, now, now I've, I've praised this movie quite a bit, uh, just because I think, like, it kind of deserves to not have the piss taken out of it. Um, and I, and I like it a lot. Um, I think it, there's moments where it's just a little bit lacking in pacing, and, you know, the, the, Pretty much everything with camera is like, you know, the design's not great and the roar sucks. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half uh, Dilophosaurus neck frill ripoffs out of five. Um, go ahead, Matt. Zadus has Matt, wake up from your NyQuil coma and tell us how you feel about Gamera the Brave. I like it a lot. Um, it's a fun kids film, and I'd recommend it to anybody. Uh, if I was not half comatose right now, I would say more, but uh, I'd definitely give this a three and a half. Uh, depressed kids with dead moms. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll give it a four to four and a half. Just the stuff I don't like about it's really superficial for the most part. I do yeah. agree with Tom; it's got some pacing issues. It could have been tightened up a little bit, yeah. but I, like like that subplot where like the scientists capture him and like yeah, it's yeah. stupid. Um, so yeah, maybe a four, um, but uh, it's that's not a slight. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's really I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I I love this movie. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely the underdog of a franchise that's basically an underdog. <laughs> it's the- it's the best Showa Gamera movie. Right. <laughs> That's actually true. Um, no, it, it really is darn good. And uh, I, I just feel like so many people haven't seen it. And I mean, how many... I'm, I'm wondering if there's it's a even hard. It's hard to see now, right? Yeah, Cause, like, is, is it's, it out, it's of out of print? print? Yeah, is the Media Blasters disc out of print? Yeah, I mean, they had a limited Blu-ray that it's... Did the Blu-ray really... ever come out? Wasn't it canceled? Yeah. No, I've got it. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, it's it's too bad, and I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, another company can maybe pick up the license for this this movie because um, it really is unfortunate. I, I think it's probably the most underrated kaiju movie of the last. I mean, probably since two thousand, maybe. It's know? it's I mean, kind of got that same thing that Godzilla's Revenge does, where um, it's got a reputation that it. It doesn't deserve. It's a lot more. See, I don't even feel like it's as hated as Godzilla's Revenge. I just feel like no one's seen it. 
<laughs> like I just feel like I nobody know, knows about it. Like a lot of people that I, that have seen it that I know don't like it. Well, um, I don't know, man. That I don't. I can understand someone really disliking Godzilla's Revenge. I mean, there's stock footage. There's obnoxious uh, Ichiro. Minya's obnoxious. This movie isn't obnoxious to an adult, and I I just I don't know. I don't I, I can get not liking it, but yeah, I, I have seen some people level a very unjust amount of hatred towards it that I don't get. Yeah. It it only cost you thirty bucks to see it. That's what the DVD is going for on Amazon, by the way. That's not the worst for an out of print disc. Just no. get, get a gray market, you'll be fine. Yeah, like you look at like like Atragon right now is like eighty bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right, guys. Well, I got to get to bed here in a little bit of work. Get up five o'clock in the morning, so. All right. Well. No, I mean, Eric, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I mean, we wanted you on here because you're, you, you love Gamera. I mean, you often say you like Gamera more than Godzilla and Kong, and, you know, that's why we, we wanted you here, uh, especially with Tom, because, Tom, I, I think you really bring a, a balanced point of view to especially the trilogy. But, but no, I mean, uh, that's Gamera, and, uh, I mean, if there's any time for him to come back, it's right now, but, you know. He's fucking around doing something. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. yeah thanks.